0: So let's shimmy on over and get started. Today's episode is a first for the Happiness Hive. I'm going to chat with two gorgeous women today, and I'm super, super excited about that. I met Kylie Sandland and Jane Baxter through a mutual friend of ours, Anya Lanine, who was a previous guest on the podcast. And so Anya introduced us, and I'm super, super excited to talk with Jane and Kylie about this business that they've created. It's called The Essence of Home. So we're going to chat all about what the the business is and how it came about and a little bit also about Jane and Kylie. Before I welcome them in, Kylie's an organizational psychologist with a passion for home design and she's combined those two elements and has become a recognized leader in this emerging field that I want to find out all about design psychology and Jane has a passion for business and spreadsheets (laughs) uh, which I love and after taking a hiatus from work to raise her son and then finding that work was probably not as fulfilling she joined forces with Kylie and is the behind the scenes managing the essence of home so welcome to Kylie and Jane Welcome, Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for having us. So, what I normally do to start with is just to find out where, what stage of life each of you are at, just where our our guests are at. So, Kylie, I'm going to start with you. Tell us a little bit about just what stage of life you're at.
1: Yeah, I think I'm probably in one of the most chaotic stages of life possible. <laughs> where. Three teenagers, one's an adult teenager, and I have twins who are sixteen who've just started year eleven and yeah, it's been a it's
0: I really, can hear that sigh that you say full you're on. <laughs>
2: so really
0: full on. Three teenagers. Three. Twins. Oh my gosh. Yes. And creating a business which is
1: a big job. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel, I mean, I, have you know, obviously my kids are getting older. My eldest is turning 20 this year. And so I've, I've been through a lot of stages of
0: parenthood and I'm pretty sure this one's been the most stressful. <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, we might unpack that a little bit too about just, those different stages of life because my kids are a bit older mine are 27 and 25 and each stage has been beautiful but each stage has kind of had its challenges as well Um, so you've got one extra and you've got twins yes and it's also a busy stage isn't it being a mum and a businesswoman so we might go back and unpack some of that Yeah. yeah so busy and you're an organisational psychologist?
1: Yes. So I have been working in corporates for about 27 years.
0: Actually, and and I whisper how long I've been
1: working? Yeah, for,
2: it's <laughs> kind of getting, it's,
1: it's a lot of time, but working in corporates and all sorts of industries and private and public sector and working with business to recruit the right people, to coach and help people who are struggling to help people thrive in their organisations to whatever extent that's possible in some of those corporate environments and helping businesses restructure themselves. And Are you still working in corporate? You're moving I'm, away from I'm that. primarily focused on Essence of Home okay. and my yes. goal is to move completely yes. away once Essence of Home is you know moving fast so uh but I still have my I'm still dabbling in it and I do
0: some psychological assessment work and leadership development work because when you were saying that because that's I think when we were talking before we had some crossovers and yes. corporate is a tough gig at the moment like and especially in that senior leadership people are being squeezed and yeah. I often a lot of my clients helping them to you know manage that balance they're, they're similar Kylie to you that they've got families they've got very senior roles and how do you balance all of that so it's a and,
1: yeah and one of the one of the biggest issues I think for women in corporate who are around our age is that they have teenager kids yeah. and teenagers are struggling teenagers are really struggling this generation and um there's massive mental health issues and I've spoken to many very senior women in corporates with teenagers who have very serious
0: mental health issues and it's a really hard it has become more prevalent hasn't it? especially on the back of COVID and I don't know if you find this too but I um, I've experienced it and a lot of people in my age group have got like Young adults, teenagers, young adults, but they've also got aging parents. Yes. And having to sort of deal with the aging parents and, you know, some of the health challenges that go there. I'm finding that really, and I've been through that. That was, God, that was stressful. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I'm going to come back and dip into more of that. Jane, tell us a little bit about what stage of life that you're at.
2: Well, I'm similar. I have one child. Yeah. So, he has nowhere to hide. <laughs> <laughs> He's in year 11 at the moment. So, you know, talk, just touching on what Kylie was saying, you know, you've got that struggle of them going through uh, adolescence, but also us going through pairing metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. So you've got those two emotions <laughs> within a household <laughs> and trying to break through in our business. You know, and there's all of that sort of thing, you know, constantly out of your comfort zone by doing new things, which yeah, yeah. is, which is great. But also, you know, you sort of go, Oh, I just like to sometimes just take a day where I'm just doing something that I know how to do. <laughs> than yeah. Oh my, my God. Health. I
0: feel you so much. <laughs> Jay, I feel you. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, and I was going to say,
0: a lot of it's our own doing, isn't it? Because we're oh, women absolutely. and we're in business and yeah. we're doing it because the business lights us up. I'm going to go back and chat with you a little bit about what your journey has been. But we're in business because that lights us up. But it's absolutely. also a challenge as well. Like it is a big challenge. It is a big challenge. Yeah. So tell me, Jane, what's, what's your kind of journey been? So my kind of journey
2: was I've had a business before this. So when my son was small, clearly I wanted to do some, something for myself, um, after having been in the corporate game and just going, I just, I just can't do that anymore. I don't want to have to climb that ladder. I don't have that desire anymore.
0: And you worked Um, with some big organizations, didn't you?
2: I worked with Reader's Digest for quite some time and I, I loved, I loved it there because it's very numbers by market, marketed by numbers. So, uh, yeah. which is spread, where I love
0: which spreadsheets.
2: Spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very at home in a spreadsheet. I yeah. love lot. I love work. And so, after having had my son, I started doing little bits and pieces. I did a lot of volunteering and things, but I always wanted something for me.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, being um, yeah. being a mum is an identity of its own, but yeah. you also need something for yourself. Yeah. Instead of being Angus's mum, I want to be Jane, you know. And so you you do need that. And I think that I found that a little bit with business. It was a swimwear business, which is not, I don't quite know why
0: I did that. Oh, my gosh, (laughs) I love that.
2: I love it. (laughs) Um, Because I don't actually like wearing swimwear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it must have filled, fulfilled some needs for you. It did. Do. It did.
2: I ended up having to give that up when we moved overseas with my husband's work. But again, wasn't my forte. So it was. Was you know everything happens for a reason. I'm yeah, a believer yeah. of that. And so that was just part of my journey.
0: Yeah. And then you started when your son, you so say you took some, some time off when you were raising your son and then you had that yearning to get back into business I again did. and do things on your terms. And that's, yeah. I want to find out about how you both joined forces to create this beautiful business. <laughs> Let, before we do that, because I know once we start talking about your business, we won't come back to the other points. What are some of the challenges that you found being Business women and, you know, Kylie, you've both, and Jane, you've both mentioned some of them there with balancing with other areas of life and doing things for yourself. What are some other challenges that you found in running your own businesses, Kylie? I, well, I think as
1: Jane said, it's that constant being out of your comfort zone, just Constant challenging, and then just sometimes thinking, "Oh, it'd be just so much easier if I just had a normal job, and mm-hmm. you know, and I could not have to be stressed all the time, mm-hmm. getting out of the comfort zone." But I, I think one of the challenges both of us have had is asking for things. So, you know, and we've recognized this in both of us, and and we found ourselves in a position with. Design for Hope, which I know we'll talk about later, but that's a, our social impact arm where we had to ask business for a lot of money and a lot of volunteer Mm -hmm. support and asking other people for things is something that we've both find very hard. We're people pleasers, so we give.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have got goosebumps. I have goosebumps all down my arms because it's the same thing like um, we will talk more about your social impact um, of the business but I think women in business very capable women as well sometimes we do see that as a weakness don't we in being able to ask because certainly for me I am not good at asking and I've had a recent little blimp in just a lot of almost burnout I would say and I felt like, oh, my gosh, I need to be able to work through this on my own. I've got all the tools. I've got all the resources. But it's just like, you know what? I can't do it on my own. Yeah. So I reached out. But there was a part of me that was just like, really, Catherine, you, you should be able to sort this out. Yeah. And it was this challenge about so my asking was kind of different to some of what yours was. But it's when you're, you know, strong, capable, competent, yeah. that doesn't mean that you have to do it all on your own. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it, it even as
1: a business person, it comes down to also asking for sales, yeah. asking, yeah. asking yeah. for people to, yeah. Yeah. you know, buy a yeah. product that we're yeah. so
0: passionate about, yeah. but it's still hard to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I What think about you, Jane? What are some of the challenges that you found in business?
2: Uh, I think going back to what you were saying about asking and things, in that respect, Kylie and I are quite lucky. We have each other to bounce yeah. off. yes. So we do have that. But we're both introverts as well. So we
0: find
2: find that being on all the time and social media and always being responding and putting ourselves out there physically in front of the camera and constantly giving our energy, I guess it is, is one of the biggest things that I find yeah um and I know Kylie finds it too. Yeah. We find that quite difficult, and we know we have a brilliant product and we know yeah. we can help people, yeah. but we ha have to find that balance yeah yeah, yeah. that it doesn't take everything from us
0: yeah oh, um, i love that so much and so we, yeah. it's
2: it's we're still
0: finding that balance yeah do you know what i i i I'm extroverted. But I do get drained. I do get really impacted by mm-hmm. other people's energy yeah. and what you're describing there too, Jane, about ensuring that my business doesn't zap it out of me because there's a lot of, and we are in that giving industry, yeah. like we're, we're in giving businesses. And I have this absolutely love hate relationship with social media oh. that people kind of need to know right. who you are. Yes. And you know, so they can get a sense of what you do. Yeah. But showing up I find challenging and, and the biggest friend I think I found in that is scheduling stuff. So it possibly looks like I'm really, really active, but in reality I spend a, a chunk of time, maybe once a month, doing some of the when I'm in the mood yeah. and and scheduling of stuff. But I get you and there's a lot of I'm noticing too on social media, there's a lot of that movement around slowing down and not being so in, in people's faces, but it, people kind of need to find out about us as well. Yeah.
2: Hard balance. That it is a
0: hard balance. It is. it is a hard balance and the, the energy and being more introverted and then getting out there, that is a real, doesn't mean you can't do it, but it, mm. it Drains your energy maybe differently to mine, like I'm craving getting back face to face in person because that's where i that lights me up, that yeah. absolutely lights me up. So mm-hmm. so tell me about this beautiful business. Tell me, tell me about essence of home. Who wants to jump in and share what it is? I' I'll jump in. Go in I'll Jane in. yeah, go in Jane. I'll
2: start at the very beginning. Yes, please place to start. <laughs> uh, we met at with our kids at school.
0: Yeah.
2: We were we then found each other again a little bit later in a in an online forum with an American person actually. <laughs> and I just so, sort of made a comment on a um on this forum and Kylie said, "Jane, hi." <laughs> and we live like 10 minutes from each other. Oh really? So that's where so we... you were
0: independently on that yes online forum you didn't know that you were there and so you you knew each other but you reconnected in a different oh my gosh how gorgeous
2: yeah you know that whole meant to be feeling absolutely absolutely yeah and so we started off we were doing separate things and then we started to talk and it kind of evolved from there and I guess Kylie can tell you a little bit more about the underlying thing, but what I would say about our business is that we, as a, as a, an umbrella statement, that we're just, we're just here to support women, you know, oh, in love every it.
0: aspect. Love.
2: You know, love just it. to bring calm and joy to people's lives and to try and help from a wellbeing aspect as well as you know, a listening ear to hear what they've got to say Mm -hmm. and really listen and really take on board
0: the person themselves. Oh, gosh, I love that. No wonder we've connected. Like, that's (laughs) such a beautiful, you know, helping women, but helping them be heard and listening and just being there with them. So, Kylie, tell us about Essence of Home. I'll I'll get to that in one
1: second. Further to that is... Helping women reconnect with themselves, yeah. because I think once you get to this point and you've been a mum for decades, yeah. you've often lost your sense of self in yeah. that process. Yeah. And you know, we're also supporting women who have been through domestic violence, and they most certainly have lost their yes. sense of self. Yes. Yes. So the the way we do that through Essence of Home is to help women reconnect to who they are and what's important to them through the process of designing and decorating their home. So our homes are an expression of self and and, and in, in its truest best form that's what home should be, an expression of who we are in the deepest sense. Unfortunately with so much media focus on renovating and you know one day makeovers and things like that interior design has very much become a cookie cutter very yes. bland yes. Yes. uninspiring place so a lot of social media a lot of influences every home looks exactly the same it's
0: almost formulaic isn't
1: it it's a formula it's almost
0: like a, a, yep. a, a template
1: it is. It's a template. And so people want their home to feel good. And so they jump on board with that template or that formula. They reproduce what they see in the media and then they don't feel fulfilled. No, <laughs> because they're just trying to be someone else. They've followed a formula that yeah. doesn't work for them. So Essence of Home is about helping women create spaces that that are based on their personality, so there's a lot of science behind how to decorate your space based on your personality so back to that introvert extrovert thing there are specific colors and you know and the objects around us that need to be influenced by our personality so that we feel at ease in our homes we help women identify what's most important to them so their values and then how that needs to be expressed in their home so we Through processes of identifying values, we look at the feelings that you want to feel at home. So instead of just how you want it to look, how do you actually want it to feel? Mm -hmm. And, you know, each space in your house probably should feel something different. You might want to feel really focused and productive in your home office and then you might want to feel really relaxed in your living room so there are specific design techniques that you can use to create these feelings so Mm -hmm. identifying how you want to feel and then you know what are the techniques to create those feelings and also we talk about beauty you know beauty is One of those things that a lot of people feel like it's a frivolous thing to pursue. So I shouldn't be wasting my time on my home. I should be spending my money. I should put all my money into my kids' savings accounts. I shouldn't be, you know, spending time making my spaces look lovely. But actually the search for beauty is hardwired into our brain. I mean, you look at ancient civilizations and they were seeking beauty back then. You know, we, we look at the beautifully intricately carved pottery and painted, yeah. you know, walls in caves. Human beings seek out beauty. And actually what happens is when we see something beautiful, we get a release of feel good yeah. hormones. So what I'm saying is it's not frivolous, it's not no. selfish to create beautiful spaces, but that's how we feel, particularly as women who, when we're busy yeah. with, with kids and we should be sacrificing everything, every, you know, yeah. all of us for everyone else. Yeah. But yeah. just taking that time to create beauty around us that is completely aligned with who we are and what matters most to us is it's a it's a real soul journey, you know, it's a journey back to self. It's not just following a cookie cutter yeah. interior design formula. So that was a very long
0: way. Oh my to gosh, you need to What we well, are. Can you listen to this back because that's a beautiful. Both of you have provided a beautiful explanation and if we I know why we're so aligned because the way that you described about helping women to feel good about themselves and, and through their environment and their, their home. Mm. If we take what you just described there, I do very similar with women about how they feel about themselves. So what's important, you were mm. talking about the values there. Yeah. So and how they want to feel Mm. is, you know, how do they want to show up and how do they want to feel to be their authentic selves? Mm. And I talk about helping people to create their best and most beautiful lives. Mm. And one of the things I came across, I have this on my desk. It's a little
1: canvas bag
0: that says, I'm going to make everything around me beautiful. That will be my life. And that's a saying from Elsie DeWolf and that. for me that is the essence and that kind of sums up what you're doing as well is helping women to feel beautiful mm-hmm. and you're right I think the the media has kind of tarnished that word a little bit that it's not okay to feel beautiful because whatever beautiful means for you might be different for me and it might be different for Jane but it's about being able to be ourselves and I love Kylie how you said that our homes are an expression of ourselves. Mm. And the thing that just went through my mind then is my home is overwhelming at the moment. Mm. It has a lot of stuff Mm. in it that I don't want to be in it. And it's kind of, this has happened, well, I was going to say it's just happened from when my dad passed away a couple of years ago. It's not. (laughs) um, There's stuff that I've kept but when you said that my my home is an expression of me I feel overwhelmed at the moment I feel overwhelmed I just I keep looking off to the side that's the living room that's the storage room and it's just like far out Mm. that's a reflection of how I'm feeling so I is that part of the process that you help people as well is to absolutely and I I think clutter is so insidious so
1: our our stuff is really important so special objects in our home like photographs and you know art that we picked up while we were on a girls weekend (laughs) or you know that's really important (laughs) stuff to our well-being but what actually happens is you know there's our mind and body are connected obviously what happens in our body when we have a cluttered space well there's Your body and your mind. So in your body, clutter actually increases the hormone, the stress hormone cortisol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You have a cluttered space. Your cortisol levels are permanently elevated. So you will have higher blood pressure, cortisol, increased cortisol obviously leads to a whole raft of health problems and suppressed immune system. Weight gain, all of those things. So cortisol, especially for women our age, is like highly toxic, yeah. really. But that's what clutter is doing to your body.
0: Oh my God! So you just it, described how I'm feeling in yeah. life at the moment. Yeah. But the other thing is when there's a lot of visual clutter.
1: So when there's there's a lot to see and absorb in our environment, our brain goes into overdrive. So that is why you're feeling overwhelmed because your brain has too much to process when there's clutter in in a space and you know one thing we did at a refuge that we renovated is there was a lot of clutter on the walls so a lot of unnecessary nails and conduit electrical conduit coming down the walls and old heaters that didn't even work just everything was cluttered and one of the first things we did was just rip everything off the walls Mm. so that it was just a clean space because even though you'd walk in and think well that's pretty innocuous and you know what's that going to do to me what it's doing is causing your brain to go into overload so you know and once you have cognitive overload then you can't focus well you're you have memory loss it's harder to feel creative. So, you know, there's a huge industry around decluttering, but no one's really
0: talking about why it's actually. Do you know, that's really interesting. And what what are your tips? Because the stuff for me, and I, I think I talked about this, there was a previous podcast episode where we did talk with a decluttering expert oh, awesome. and the heirloom clutter. Yeah. So yeah. that's stuff that we've got from Family, so John's mum passed away last year as well, so we've got some of her stuff, and it's just like, oh, my God. And and it's interesting when you're talking about that overwhelm and the cortisol Mm. levels increased. It's then really hard to go, oh, I'm actually going to work through this clutter. Mm. It's easy to just go, I'll close the doors (laughs) and not deal with it, which is kind of interesting in itself, isn't it? Yeah, and that that sentimental clutter
1: is the hardest to deal with. Yeah. So there are different types of there are several causes of clutter, I should say. Yeah. And none of it is because, you know, we're lazy. The mm-hmm. the causes are often systemic related to yeah. our home and storage and things like that. Yeah. But that sentimental clutter that's coming in now is the most difficult and yeah. that requires a whole psychological process to deal with that. But you know, there are various strategies that you can use and I'm not sure what you discussed with the decluttering person, but you know, the first thing is to really understand what it means to you. What, yeah. what does that, that piece of furniture actually mean yeah. to you? Yeah. Because that the person who has passed would most definitely not want yeah. the person who has their piece of furniture to be suffering because of it yeah so it's understanding what it means to you and then allowing yourself to let go of that if that is not something that actually will contribute to your well-being
0: do you know what some of it is that is very similar to what lauren was talking about some of it is there is old uh letters that have been written there are photographs there's this stuff that You know, personally, does it have meaning to me? No. Mm. I think if I were to dispose of it, maybe it would have meaning to someone else. And I think that's where I left it with Lauren. She said, you know, maybe find out if other people want to in the family that want to have access to it. But then it was just like, oh, fuck, now I've got to do all this to find out who wants this. And so it's just like that's the overwhelm is kind of going. To do One thing you can do with letters
1: is digitize it all. Yeah, sure. So I actually get rid of the physical. I I mean, as much as
0: uh, we we might
1: like to see the handwriting and and feel that we can keep one letter and you can digitise the rest. We went through a huge process after my grandmother passed, who was an avid photographer, of the hundreds of photo albums and what we were going to do with those because no one had the space for them. And so we ended up digitising all of it. And so now we have the whole family history. But now now you can share it. So you can actually share it more with... When when it's digitised,
0: yeah. And you know what, as I talk about this, I think it's about going, you know, just break it down into... And I talk with this with my clients all the time. Just break it down into those bite-sized chunks. Don't try and do it. And I think where I got to was a bit of a a stalemate going oh my god it's just so big and then forgot my own advice about breaking that down In so thank you for that you know and quite often our solutions are quite simple ones aren't they that quite often not always so tell me Jane more about the design for hope which is part of your beautiful business model as well
2: uh, so Design for Hope is our social impact arm. Uh, we spent last year renovating a women's and children's shelter in Sydney. It was a, a safe environment, but it was very sterile. Yeah. And we used trauma informed design. I'll let Kylie talk a little yeah. bit more about that to help again relieve some of the stress that visual clutter all that sort of thing that Kylie was talking about mm. we had one of the women came up to us while we were halfway through the project and she was saying she'd been through from the start through to more or less the end and she just came up to us and she just sort of said you know this is really getting me right here this is really in heart. my yeah, heart, in <laughs> Yeah. And she said, but not only for me, it's for my son to see what a lovely home can be. Mm. And I mean that just kind of breaks your heart when you yeah. think what yeah. this poor lady and her child had been through. And that's what that's the outcome that we want. So that mm. they feel worthy, you know. And that's what some of them actually said afterwards. When I saw well, I think I've got it here. When I saw my bedroom, I felt worthy. I was thinking, is this really, really done for me? Mm. I was like, oh my god these poor women yeah. but again it's you know it's to help them get their identity back and yeah. all that sort of thing we um we renovated five bedrooms an office about five living areas wow. so five mm-hmm. living areas in the home we had a lot of help it was a lot of, Fundraising was a fun aspect of that. Um, yeah, we're not no. fundraisers. <laughs> no. <laughs> we discovered we were not very good at fundraising. It was, we, but we got good at asking. Like Kylie was saying, we got, we had to get good at asking. We had some phenomenal help from people like Julux and Luxaflex, Castleree, a small business near us who do um, ups, upcycling of furniture so we took pieces of furniture there and they just gave it a whole new life oh how beautiful because we were on such a strict budget Mm. really really strict budget and bunnings bunnings
1: gave us about building materials and
0: so tell me more about this so you've got your essence of home so that's Mm. a business that you both work in and that's about helping women primarily and their 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 families to feel good in their environment so you help them with sort of that design psychology so it's not just the the cookie cutter interior design it's actually about working with them so their space becomes you know a beautiful reflection of who they are and and then so that's your paid service business and that's pretty new isn't it like that's yes how new how new is
2: it Two years, we're just coming up to two yeah. years, but we did spend a lot of last year actually doing our pro bono work with Design yeah. for Hope.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so you started Essence of Home, then you've got your social impact side of it, and that's yeah. where you do actually, is that pro bono? So that's yeah. providing that. And you chose a women's refuge in Sydney yeah. to start with, so that was about linking back to what your kind of business ethos is to help women. Yeah. And it was about the giving back element. Absolutely. So the women's refuge and you just started from scratch, did you, with that? And just went in and did all your design psychology elements. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff you mentioned was just you got rid of a lot of the clutter. What Mm -hmm. were some of the other things that you were able to do that, I guess, incorporates that design and the psychology elements that you were able to bring into the refuge? So we had some very specific goals with the
1: the refuge, based on again how we wanted the women and children to feel. Yeah. So as Jane said, it was a it's a safe environment. You know, refuges are the target, unfortunately, of disgruntled yes, abusive partners. Yeah. So it was very safe. They had you know all of the security in place, but the home itself was. Very tired, very clinical. Part of the home actually felt like a hospital. It was that oh, clean. Yeah. It had, it had the old vinyl square tiles on the floor with black plastic skirting boards oh, yeah. and, you know, hospital colours and things like that. And so, you know, we wanted to make it feel warm and homely but we also wanted to integrate some very specific elements so for example we wanted it to feel like a calm space so Mm -hmm. these women and children have experienced trauma so to try and reset their nervous system and to make the space feel very calm we used it they used a couple of techniques one is biophilic design Mm -hmm. biophilic design is Simply put, bringing nature into your environment. So biophilia is one of the most well researched topics in design psychology. Mm -hmm. And it is been proven time and time again that when you bring plants, but not just plants, natural elements and references to nature into your home, your blood pressure decreases your whole nervous system calms down. It's also a potent healer. Yeah. So there's been studies done in hospitals where patients have had a view of a brick wall and a view of a tree, and patients with a view of a tree had less pain, required less pain management and would discharge from hospital earlier and had less complications. So nature is is very potent. And so we we brought that into Erin's Place With fake plants, fake plants work just as well as real plants. I was just thinking about that because. Yep. um. So in terms of the (laughs) psychological impact, you don't need real plants if you don't have a green thumb. And obviously in a refuge, we had to use plants that weren't real because it's a transitional space. So there's not one person who would be permanently there to take care of them, but it's also in the colors that we used. So we used soft nature-based colours. So blues and greens are very calming. We had a lot of references to nature. So we had this beautiful artwork donated by a lovely artist in Melbourne. Her name is Debbie McKenzie. And she creates the most beautiful landscape artworks. And she donated a very expensive artwork to us. But that really created the scene for the whole living space for the the mums and also shapes so there's some really interesting research around shapes and organic curved shapes are calming whereas uh, straight lines and angles actually can fire up that part of our brain responsible for our fear response Mm -hmm. so you know we integrate a lot of organic shapes into the spaces as well so biophilia is one thing color as i said is another thing and and we can create emotion with color
2: yeah.
1: so color color is sensory it's visceral and so we we had a very specific color palette that we used the way that we arranged furniture can impact how you feel so we've evolved as humans to feel more at ease when we're protected from behind. So let's say we've got a wall or a cave behind us, but we can also see out so we can see what's coming toward us. So the way the furniture was arranged in the living room was that the, you know, the sofa was here and there was a doorway right behind. So anyone who's in a trauma experience, you know, with heightened level of alertness is going to feel really stressed if they can't see what's coming behind them so simply by shifting the furniture around we're able to create a stronger sense of safety and well-being so there were a lot of things that we built in around building rebuilding identity rebuilding confidence and a sense of control yeah so design choices were very intentional
0: Oh my gosh, Kylie, that just, I'm just mesmerized by all of that. Like so, so I'm not a psychologist, but I love all of what you're talking about and just the nuances about bringing that into your environment and thinking specifically about the women and their children and what they've experienced mm. and how to create that space that is calming mm. and also that's not just about being calming but not being you know heightening their alert yes. responses as yeah. well yeah. so I guess that's the, the calming element but yeah. really being mindful of what they've experienced and mm-hmm. they would have varying degrees of traumatic yes. experiences as yes. well so just being able to bring all of that in yeah. oh my gosh it's so beautiful so beautiful. The, the
1: other element which is interesting and challenging you know in a refuge like that is that we're working to meet the needs not only of the mums but also the children Mm -hmm. and there was no colour in the space and the children felt that uh, one of the caseworkers asked some of the children before we started what they would like to see and one of the little girls just said well there's no colour there's just no colour. And so we created a whole kids' space, which was just beautiful. It was still a calming yeah. colour palette, but much more fun and yeah. more saturated colours. So not, not your typical preschool colours, yes. but really yeah. fun colours. And, and, you know, we were working upstairs at one point. We'd completed downstairs where the kids' room is and we were walking through, and, you know, the kids were just playing, but the funny thing was that we had, we'd put a teepee in that oh, space, yeah. full of cushions and things, and when we walked through, mum was in the teepee, just lying on all the cushions, just <laughs> totally chilled out while the kids were playing, and I was like, oh, that's so cool, I really love to see that, because that's it's beautiful, yeah. that- that space was for everyone, not just the kids. But yeah, we, we use different design elements in different spaces for different purposes. So to bring joy and inspiration, yeah. but also to bring calm and,
0: and ease and
1: quiet. So. Yeah.
0: And is that what you do with, sorry, Jane, I'll be too sick. Is that what you do with clients in your essence of home business as well? Sort of what is it that they're wanting from their home? And when you got back to talking about how do you want to feel in the different spaces, mm-hmm. then you work through with them to be able to bring what they want into their yeah. home.
1: So how yeah. can they use design as
0: a tool yeah, perfect. to create the experience yeah, that people want in their home? Yeah, beautiful. Sorry, Jane, you were going to pop in there. I was just Sorry. going to
2: say it's, it's, it can be as simple as a hallway. So one of the hallways in, in the refuge was the most, it's what we used, it's what Kylie was referring to when she was talking about the hospital feel, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was white and it had lighting right. and, and yeah. metal lighting and metal ceiling and, oh, yeah. it's just, it actually felt a bit like, you know when you see a movie and it's they're in an asylum? Yeah, That's how it felt. Yeah. We both just looked at each other when we walked in and went, well, this has got to change. Yeah. And Kylie did this amazing, she made it feel like a forest like they were just walking through and and it they walk through this hallway to get to a meeting room where they discuss their cases so the whole feeling was to try and help them calm on the way through to walking to this space yeah. and so she found this oh, gorgeous wallpaper that had vines and birds and everything and then we put these drop lights in and that created this,
0: oh, this just branches mood yeah.
2: that felt yeah. like it was part of, you know, yeah. the light filtering through yeah. into a forest. And it was just incredible, just like just a hallway. And
0: what a difference it can What make. a difference that's made. Yeah, um, incredible. Given that it's a women's refuge and it's probably private, is are there photos that we, do you have photos on your website? Yes, yep. we do. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly, just tell us your website. They'll be in the show notes as well. But what's the website?
2: Uh, it's essenceofhome.com.au, and it, our page is called Design for Hope on
0: that. Design yeah. for Hope. So yeah, you can see before and after photos. Ah, oh, awesome! That that's going to be so cool. That's going to be so cool. It was a pro bono. So you had to. This gets back to what you were saying, Kylie, before and Jane, what you were saying about asking and volunteering and fundraising. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! Did. You have to get all the stuff donated? Yes. A lot yeah. of oh, it. How a lot you, of it, yeah. What would so you do? Often... Just ask.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. It was a bit of cold calling.
0: Oh, very hate... good at it. I fear like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, me too. Me too. But you are you better my... at it? Just
2: use your network wherever you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally unknown. We
1: We hadn't completed a project like that in the yeah. past, but we had a connection with julux which was really helpful yeah. and julux were just absolutely wonderful they the team we worked with are you know very passionate about giving back and they've done other work like yeah. that like uh, ronald mcdonald house yeah. for you know kids and they were just absolutely brilliant they sent in big teams and obviously donated all the paint and the labour. Oh, wow. Totally transform it. But Luxaflex, that was a cold call. And they ended up, they were absolutely wonderful as well. I mean, they don't like, they really actually don't like, they don't advertise that they help the community, but they put the most beautiful window treatments throughout the whole entire house. It would have...
0: It would have cost a fortune yeah. for us. Isn't that beautiful? Well, Isn't that very beautiful? Generous. Yeah, that very there's a lot generous. of businesses that will help. So it's even yes. though it's hard doing that cold calling, yes. what I'm hearing is that it actually paid off yeah. and that yeah. there are a lot of businesses out there that are doing a lot to help others. There are.
1: Yeah. And there and, are some that surprise you by not wanting a bar of it yeah. as well. Interesting.
0: We won't talk about them. No, yeah, no, we won't
1: we don't talk about, about them, them, but we don't go no. to yeah. And others- it's interesting
0: too, isn't it? The, the, yeah. the different reactions and, and yeah. things like that. But I could imagine mm. the fundraising element and it would be challenging because as you said, Jane, you're not fundraisers. You're no. actually, you know, experts in your own, own fields. And what we often find being in business, there are things that we need to do that maybe isn't our expertise, but. Yeah. For future projects, are you gonna be are you gonna get a fundraiser on board? <laughs> Ultimately what we would like to do
2: is that once our business is up and, yeah. and making profits, a percentage of our profits yeah. will actually go to fueling that so we don't have to get fundraiser. Perfect. <laughs> a huge no, no, yeah. Us.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I have a very similar business model where I actually take a percentage and then I use that for my giving back. Element as well, so I I I I do that. So what is next for you?
2: Well, so many things. We're currently working on color masterclass. We do a lot. We do uh, face to face consults, but we also do online consults. So direct with Kylie. We're just getting that off the ground. We have uh, an online course that is very much a, a psychology driven course for your home that's that's there all the time we the masterclass as I just said and then we're going to be doing six-week coaching courses that launches in August yeah nice so and that's really all about design style and really delving in and coaching perfect group
0: coaching yeah so who are your who would be attending those who would be your ideal market for those anyone who wants to design their home
1: Yeah, look, it can be anyone. We find that, you know, there might be different people coming to different courses possibly, but but the journey that we like to take women on is firstly just to introduce them to design psychology Mm -hmm. and the massive impact you can make without spending any money by making five simple shifts in your mindset and your home and that's just our introductory course and as Jack said that's available on our website all of the time but then delving deeper into your design style a lot of women struggle to figure out how they even want to style their home and so that's what the coaching course will be in in August so how to define your design style so that you can avoid this cookie cutter approach to interior design which is what prevails at the moment, and then after that we'll be running a styling course. So you know what a, if you've got a room, how do you, where do you start? You've got to start from scratch and just taking people through that interior design process.
0: Oh, awesome. um, yeah, yeah. Before we wrap up quickly, quickly, what do you do when you're not working? What what fills your cup when you're not working, Jane?
2: <laughs> oh, what fills my cup? I I actually just really value my friends and yeah. spending time, yeah going for dinner, going having coffee, you know family as well, obviously, yeah. but my time with my girlfriends is really important to me,
0: yeah, that's cool.
2: What about you, Kylie?
0: What fills your cup up?
1: Yeah, mine's probably a bit of more of an introverted cup filling process, <laughs> <laughs> so one thing is for me is reading, and I read widely and all sorts of books mostly currently non-fiction so I read a lot of stuff around design and self-development and things like that and walking walking
0: fills my cup doesn't yeah 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 I start the day walking it's not been filling my cup quite as much because we've got a a dog that we've adopted quite a few months ago but it's still (laughs) like really stressful on the walks, and it's just like Mm-hmm. I was thinking this morning about that whole cortisol level thing that yeah. it's it's high at the moment yeah. and it's kind of just on that hyper alert when I go for a walk so I'm looking forward to bringing back more peaceful <laughs> just yeah. a peaceful more peaceful cadence in life. Yeah. I don't take my dog on my walk
1: no, I think, because yeah. I need to just walk but yes, think, it's a walk later but yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I, I think take that's take good strategy. and I don't take <laughs> dogs. know, <laughs> yeah, that's a good strategy. That's a good, that's a very, you can't see it at the moment. He's asleep yeah. and very, very beautiful here, okay. but it's just that, yes, I, I don't relax yeah. the same as I used to. Yeah. Oh, gosh, we could talk forever and ever and ever. I love it. So remind us again, your website is? Essenceofhome.com.au. Yeah, and if people want to reach out, they'll be able to contact you through there. All the details are in the show notes as well. Thank you. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank Thank you you so much. Thanks
1: so much, Catherine.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high-vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day, living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.